to get the most out of people as being a leader is to get in front of them, let them interact with you, let them see what you're about, see your leadership style, because if you're a great leader, you're just going to get more out of people being in front of them. On this episode of A Call to Leadership, the question looms among companies across the globe. Should we call back remote workers? Will they push back from the comfort of their home offices or their local coffee shops? Is the new normal normal? Or is back to normal worth going back to? Well, weighty questions, my friend, to unpack for our two-part in-house Business Monday conversation with experts Travis Rebell and Sam Sala. I can't wait for you to join us. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this is A Call to Leadership. Sam, Travis, here we are, Business Monday, except today is not Monday, but it will air on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Monday. Yeah, happy Monday. Happy Monday, buddy. So, huge question mark right now. After the pandemic, we're in a situation where life is changing somewhat back to quote-unquote normal. Mm Mm-hmm. But what happened during the pandemic, many people were working from home. They got accustomed to it. And some company said, I'm not even going to renew my lease. I'm going to change our structure. I'm getting more productivity. But then you have others who are critics who are saying things like, it's not in your best interest to work from home. In fact, an article in Fortune and CNBC and a number of other media publications picked up Gladwell's comments from a podcast and he's uh he, he's written the tipping point and, and other books that are influential mm-hmm. in the leadership space and the business space so he's an influential guy so when he says that there's going to be some pushback and i like to just open it up with that mm-hmm. is he right is it not in your best interest to work from home i know it's a loaded question i know there's yeah. a lot of factors but let's unpack it yeah i would say it, it depends right i mean it depends on your on your job role you know, one of my companies is a is a clinical laboratory, and there's no way the scientists that I have, the lab techs that I have, I mean, they have to physically be there to to run the machines. Another company I have is a sales organization, a medical sales organization. In that instance, most of my sales reps work from home, or they have a home office, and then they go out to the field, right, to meet with physicians or hospitals or or, or whomever. That scenario is a little bit different. I would, my personal opinion is I like a hybrid type of solution. And I like that for a couple different reasons. One, I understand why business organizations, large, right, thousands of people that are working in a company, right, that they need to have a certain culture. And it is challenging to drive a culture if you're not physically embedded in that culture, right? It would be hard to, to force somebody or, you know, expect somebody to, adhere to cultural norms that you have within an office when they're sitting at home in their pajamas, right? But I think having, giving people the flexibility to come in a couple days a week, a couple days a week from home, as long as the productivity is there, I think that that's, that's what people ultimately expect now from the workplace. You know, the one thing that I think that came out of, of the pandemic is there's more to life than work, Yeah, right? And I think that that, right, of all the things that happened, right? Life's short, there's more than work, we want a work-life balance, we've reconnected with our families because we were forced to. I think that from a societal standpoint, I think it's good to have a hybrid workplace, right? But I don't think that everybody probably has that same ability. But I also think that organizations that do 
hit the right balance are going to be the the Googles of tomorrow. And I mean, Google, the places that you think, man, that would be a really cool place to work, right? I can go in three days a week, two days a week. I can work from home a couple days a week. I can spend extra time with my kids. As long as the productivity is there and the business is, is growing, I think the hybrid is the right is the right model. I'm going to disagree. Okay. But I do see your points, right? That there is a benefit for some people to be at home. Obviously, people want to work at home. It's not a surprise. You don't want to leave your house. You don't want, you know, you want to be in the comfort of your own home, but I mean, how how can you become an effective employee at home? Can your mindset be and really what it comes down to is your mindset. Can you have the right mindset at home and be a productive leader and or employee? I don't like when you go to the gym, Travis, I'm sure your mindset at the gym is different than if you're doing a workout at home. Your environment has a direct effect on your mental state. So I think for leaders, it's beyond, I would say it, it's probably the most difficult way to lead when your team works from home and you're not in front of them. I built my business getting in front of people. That interaction with human beings is so important to be an effective leader to see that the emotions on your face the how you shake their hand you know how you present yourself like zoomed i don't zoom doesn't do that like zoom doesn't give you that same impact right so can some people perform at home yes i'm sure that that that's possible are you at your max potential at home in your kitchen, on a laptop, in your pajamas? Is that a reasonable, questioning that, is that a reasonable question? Can you be that effective? Or when you walk into an office with your coworkers and your managers and your, and your leadership, do you approach your job differently? I would say yes. I would say you're more effective in an office setting. I prefer to lead in an office setting. I prefer to lead with my team. You know, or we just never would f- travel to meet people and create relationships would you just do it all remotely well and the i guess what some of the questions that come up with that are i think it's back to some of what travis said it depends because i remember back in the day when everybody was standing around the water cooler or the you know the coffee pot right? a lot of time wasted yeah <laughs> a lot of time wasted is it wasted time or are you is that interaction part of like the relationship yeah sure there's part that's possibility i think it depends on what you're looking at right? you go to starbucks if and we're meet looking, with somebody and have if, coffee if we're looking mm-hmm. at productivity right right which ultimately productivity is a great precursor for revenue right i mean sure. those two things go go hand in hand absolutely there was actually a study done and after they evaluated 105 million data points from 30,000 U.S.-based users, they discovered a 5% increase in productivity during the pandemic rather than before the pandemic, right? So I think if you are an organization, right, it depends. You know what I mean? If you're in a retail environment, you can't work from home. If you're in a service-based environment, you can't work from home. If you're doing data entry, are you really, does it really, does it really right. matter if you, you know, what we have to think about is what does it take that worker, right? That employee to get to an office. We're in St. Louis. So, so maybe it takes us 30, 35 minutes. Well, let's run right? it. Let's run it. 
run the scenario. Yeah. So let's say you've got to be at work at, when would you say, eight o'clock? Mm-hmm. Okay. So eight o'clock in the morning, you're the average person married two kids, right? So you're up in the morning at what? Five, right? Like five o'clock in the morning, you've got to get up, get your kids ready. You get ready, get in the car, leave by 7.15, get to work by eight, work eight to five. Now you got to get get home, 45 minutes home. It's six o'clock. You got to make dinner. Like you have no time. You know what I mean? You have no time. And I think that that starts to wear on your employee. Now let's take it the other way. You've got to be there from eight to five. You wake up at six, you get your kids ready. So you've got an extra hour of sleep. You're already going to be a better person, right? You're going to be more productive because you've got an hour, an hour more sleep. Get your kids ready. They get them off to school. You sit down in your home office, your desk, whatever, wear whatever you want, right? And you start working. There comes a point where it's like, all right, how much, how much money is being saved by that employee, right? So now you, maybe you can offer a better package, from a business standpoint, because that person isn't, isn't, they don't need the gas money, the parking money, the lunch money, you know, all the things that, that go into getting into the office, your employee base is probably happier, right? Your overhead decreases, your overhead decreases, happier employees are usually more productive employees, right? Happier employees aren't looking for what's the next best thing out Mm -hmm. there, right? How do I get out of this office? You know, how do I get away from this, this guy down three cubicles down who, you know, is cooking tuna fish, you know what I mean? Like at lunch, you know, like, or whatever it is. Right. But you do give up on building that culture, right? Because you're not in there every single day. So can you build a culture in ways that are non-traditional? Because there's some fear there, right? And this is, I'm glad we're going in this direction because one of the question marks is, yes, there's a fear around remote workers for many reasons. Are they going to do the work? In fact, I had a conversation with a colleague of mine who does consulting from a fellow, a fellow from my doctoral work who said that he did some consulting with a company who measured keystrokes to determine whether or not there was productivity. And I think you and I, we, we might have talked about this on, a, on another episode. And he said, you know, this is a fear. It's fear-based. It's a fear, 100%. Trying to figure out, are you busy? And, and keystrokes are, it's just such a, it's almost comical. Well, they even have yeah. the little mouse clicker thing now that you can put on your mouse that vibrates it so that it's so always moving. Right. So I think, I don't think anything you said was wrong, but I also think that depending on what you do for a living, that makes sense. So like if you're data entry, sure. Yeah, sure. You could do that from home. You don't have to be in an office setting to do that. If you're a part of a sales team and you have leadership that's trying to drive you and motivate you and inspire you, this is a deficiency to be at home in my opinion, right? I want to get, you know, as a leader, you should want to be in front of your team and help motivate and inspire them. I don't think it's cookie cutter that like every single, you know, type of job, and you said that service positions and things like that. I think sales as as well is something I think you need to get in the office and build that culture and that sales culture and that that because sales is a culture, right? You're just talking about sales, you know, everybody feeds off each other, the team meetings, the hitting the quotas, hitting the goals, like that's all gone, like over Zoom or, you know, the, 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 the level of impactfulness is, is minimal, right? It, I don't get, ex- how many Zoom calls you just get excited over Zoom because your teammates knocked it out the, no, it's, it, there's a, there's a wall and that wall is not something that is going to be broken by keystrokes or measuring how many, you know, emails somebody sent, you know, I think uh, to me, that's, that's almost 
we're, we're, we're trying to figure out a way, like Nate said, to come up with different markers to see if someone's being effective. But the best way to see if someone is effective is talking to them, interacting with them, being a part of a, a workplace culture, because we're all talking about workplace culture. Where is workplace culture if you work from home? What is culture? So you're redefining it now. You are redefining yeah. it. Redefin- That's a great, it's a great no, yes. question. You and, and to your it. point, even in an office environment, measuring keystrokes doesn't work. Somebody could be on the internet all day surfing Correct. for on Amazon, <laughs> getting all their Christmas shopping done. Correct. Right? Right. And you're, you, now, the other factor, I think, is that many companies are getting more and more creative with the remote worker. I mean, even your own cousin, I interviewed him and he'll be, he'll be, Hayden Salah will be on the show uh, in a few weeks. He's got remote workers uh, with Oracle as a director in how many countries? I don't even know. It's on two continents mm-hmm. and his productivity level is going through the roof. Well, and I think, I think sales, right? And it depends on what type of sales you're talking about, right? Retail sales, obviously you need to be there, right? Like that's more of a, it's more of getting people pumped up, right? I mean, and, and getting them excited and, and really focused on, on more of a team aspect. When you're talking about B2B sales, right? Or you're talking about outside sales, there's a team component to it. But I think that's actually the easiest employee type to manage from afar because it's strictly, what are you doing, right? Like, how many calls do you have? How many meetings do you have? How many closes do you have? What's your ratio? I mean, that 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 you can do. I've never been since since the so the past thirteen years in the medical field. I've never been in the same city as the majority of my sales reps. I've had sales reps that I have only met one time in my life in person, and they've worked for me for a couple of years, right? Because they're productive, they do their thing, they hit their numbers. I don't care, honestly, as a leader. I don't care what you do in your day if you hit your numbers. Hitting your numbers is your, you're doing your job, right? I don't care. Now, if you're not hitting your numbers, we're going to have lots of conversations, right? We're going we're gonna to get down into understanding what, what competency are we not hitting, right? Is it a skill issue? Is it a will issue, right? How do we define what's going on with that employee? But from an outside B2B sales perspective, those individuals even if they come in the office, right, are a, hey, I'm going to come in the office for, you know, an hour, quick meeting in the morning, and then they're out in the field, right? They're, they're gone. They're gone. You don't see them. And so those people, right, are easier to manage. I think that where you get into the challenge is when somebody has, it's not a labor intensive, so you're not doing data entry where it's just like, hey, I need to, I need to plow through these, you know, 15 spreadsheets in a day. It's determining how do you measure that middle manager, Right. That middle manager who is just doing Zoom calls all day. Right. Mm-hmm. Like how do you how do you manage their productivity? You're you're obviously looking at what their salespeople are doing. But I think a lot of this, what comes from this is you've got right now, right? If you look at the workforce, you've got baby boomers, you've got Gen X, you've got millennials, and now you've got Gen Z. We have a lot of different personalities, yeah, a lot of different what what drives us. Yeah. And so I think we're looking at the transition from the baby boomers retiring who are used to more of grown up with the World War II generation, the great generation parents who are more find a job at 18, work there until you retire, show up every day. You don't call in sick. You take it on the chin all the way down to Gen Z, who is like, I'm going to make TikToks and be a millionaire. 
you know? And, and so it's so diverse in the workplace right now from just an age in a cultural standpoint that I don't know how you really build a consistent culture with all those different feelings, right? And put that into an organization and drive them forward. And so the other thing that I think is crazy, right, is you look at the automation that is occurring from the pandemic, from just basic jobs that used to didn't need to be automated are now becoming automated. And so you start looking at the workforce, right? People have all of these incentives not to, not to take those. And we've talked about this, right? We've talked about how do you find good talent in this work in this, this, this environment we're in, but now you have people, businesses who entrepreneurs who obviously, you know, we talk about this all the time, innovating, how do we innovate? How do we fix this problem? Now they're, you know, going to automation. What does that look like? You know, I mean, there's so many different things. I mean, right now is such a unique time for all of us to be alive and to be having these discussions because there's so many changes that are occurring so fast. And if you're not like, if you're not really, really looking, not today, tomorrow, but it's going to be like five years from now. How do I yeah. build this for five years? Yeah, I think that was good, actually. That's a lot of, lot of good points there. But I think the... Like you said, the sales reps kind of you manage, right? And you, as long as they hit their numbers, you don't have to be in front of them. I, that's just, I have a different perspective, right? Because like my sales leadership, I'm in, you know, j- just like you, I'm in a, my sales organization is direct to sale, direct to door. My leadership gets in front of my salespeople. They're hitting their numbers, but it's part of, you know, if we would never have developed a culture that people would want to be at if I wasn't in my team wasn't interacting with the frontline sales employees. So I understand where you're coming from, from that, that medical sales. And I know people in medical sales and they're a lot like that. You know, you hit your numbers, you're doing, you know what I mean? It is what it is, you know, but I think from my leadership approach, that void will either hinder a better performance than, than what you're getting now. So even if he's hitting his numbers, maybe more of Travis, more of Travis in front of him, more rapport is going to make him work harder than what he's working now, right? So that's, I have built my business on relationships. So when you start talking about removing or changing how you create one, I'm going to push back because I believe I'm so passionate about this interaction. Okay, we just do this podcast remotely. Why are we all sitting here? It's not going to be as impactful. It won't be. This interaction will not be as impactful if we're all remote and that will never change. No matter how we try to come up with different ways on how the world's changing and how we communicate and how we interact, that will never change. Human interaction is at the very nature of, of our, of how we communicate and humanity in general, right? We need that. So I don't argue that you can be effective either way on, on some level. I do believe to get the most out of people from as being a leader is to get in front of them, let them interact with you, let them see what you're about, see your leadership style, because if you're a great leader, you're just going to get them get more out of people being in front of them. So I don't argue really anything you said, but I do think that the most effective approach as a leader is being in front of somebody. Well, and the question is, I mean, I, I love the way this, this conversation is going because there is a psychological effect that increases possibility for not always, but increases the possibility for influence depending on the level of connection, right? So now you can achieve connection in different ways, but going back to what 
what Gladwell was saying, he said, I know it's a hassle to come into the office, but if you're just sitting in your pajamas in your bedroom, is that the work life you want to live? Don't you want to feel part of something? And it's it's a question. Now, of course, this is someone just speaking on a podcast, and sometimes they say things. Pretty that, much that's exactly what I said. It's I think. pretty much what you said, right? <laughs> what it does is it insinuates that you're not a part of something if you're sitting in your pajamas in your bedroom working from home. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that you can certainly be a part of something and not be physically in a room with someone. Can you be a husband if you're not at home? Yes, I'm a husband now. No, I'm a husband what I'm right saying now. is if you weren't home and you just interacted with your family by Zoom or phone calls for a long period of time. Sometimes you have to if you're in the military. Yeah, but it makes it, it's not easy. It's not easy. It is now, but that's a different kind of relationship. I mean, you're talking about performance in a workplace. You're talking about marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about the very core of interaction, like the, the, I know it's a different interaction, but any relationship that doesn't have interaction that is sufficient for, for both parties is going to be deficient. I think the question, right, and you can, you can frame this question in multiple different ways, and it's what data point are you, are you striving to understand, right? If you're striving to understand productivity, I'm looking at multiple different reports that show there's more productivity with a hybrid work schedule. If you're looking for employees' overall well-being and happiness, they're happier with a hybrid work schedule, right? If you're looking for culture, culture is very hard to define, right? And it's hard to understand, mm-hmm. right? And it's even what you think is a good work culture, what I think is a good work culture, and what Nate thinks is a work culture, those are all going to be different, right? There'll be similarities because we're very similar people. But take somebody who is an introvert, right? I mean, there are a lot of introverts in the world. They don't want to be around people, right? Like, they don't want to be around people. They want to do their work. And so they're going to be much less productive, much less happier. They're not going to be a part of a culture if they're forced into it where maybe if they're at home, right, or they only have to deal with it a couple days a week, I think that that's going to yield a better result. I don't think working from home... You said hybrid, though. That's a big difference. And I think hybrid is the way. For me personally, I I don't don't have an issue with hybrid either. I think hybrid is the way. I think, right, hybrid is the way that you give people the best of both worlds. But I really think at the end of the day, this comes down to control. It comes down to control. And it comes down to leaders in organizations who don't know how to influence their employees unless they're standing on top of them. It also comes down to trust, right? Do I trust that this person who's working from home is going to do their job? If you don't trust your employees and you want control, you're going to freak out in this scenario because you've lost both. You've never had trust in your employees. You've had control. Now you don't have control. And the first thing that you think is, these people aren't working. Yeah. Right. And is that really a leader that anybody wants to no, work for? No, no, no. Not, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I would think if no. you think that, then you're probably a very deficient leader. Well, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? You're, you're grasping at really control level of coercion yeah. that is only one social base of power. There's so many other ones. Right. But you hit it right in the head and you're both right that the hybrid method at three days, generally speaking, three days off, two days on is the most preferred, not only that, studies show that it's the most effective currently, 
course, you know, we're still learning lots of new data coming in all the time because this is still new. I mean, we're talking two years in at the most right. of, of a methodology for the, the, the remote worker. I've found that, and I think it's, it's, it comes down to having, having the opportunity to give the autonomy mm-hmm. to do your work effectively but also the con- the contribution as a group to have a, a a cohesive a cohesive connection that can be obtained more effectively in a in an in person environment and as far as like for example in the accounting world I've got most of my people work remotely and they'll come in and we'll have conversations around different files or different ways we're going to you know, do business or we'll have a meeting on you know, new tax rules things like that, where we keep that connectedness. Because people, and even some of my people who work remotely all the time say, I need to, go, I need to come into the office. I need to come see you. Not just see you, because you can see me right. on a screen. They want that connection. They need to come see you. Yeah, yeah you wanna, they want to sit in front of you, and they, that's a huge financial transaction, or you know, taxes are a big deal. So they want to sit in front and talk to you about it. And I think, I think we're not disagreeing in the fact that, you know, I agree that, a hybrid model is is in a lot of scenarios is the most effective, hundred percent. But I also, but I don't know if the completely work from home, you know, forty hours a week. I think it would be a specific industry that maybe one hundred percent be effective for. It's, it's industry specific, and I think what's going to be really interesting as this real life project, you know, what we're looking at right. kind of works itself out is, you know. Where do the people in college, the kids in college right now, where do they focus their attention? Is it on careers that are more highly work from home or is it in careers that are more traditionally office-based? Huge point. I'm glad you brought that up because I was having a, a thought bubble right around that because there are other studies that show some employees are now being required, air quotes, to come in those two days a week and they're like, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah I mean, what is a, going yeah. on here? Really, do we really need to be having this conversation now? I'm having to do all this other stuff to come in and do what the same thing I'm doing at home for you. Our culture has changed, man. Our culture, our changing. culture has and changed. It's not everyone. It's not everyone. But, but you're no. right. This is a yeah. really good point you're bringing up because people listening right now are going to push back on that and mm-hmm. say, "Well, I've got this employee who mm-hmm. says, no, I'm going to go find a different employer that doesn't require this dumb two day thing." And there's that goes back to a lot of the cultural conversations we're having. You haven't get, gotten them to buy into it. You can't just say, this is what we're doing without explaining the benefit and the rationale. Because if people don't see the value add, they see a value loss, lights out. Well, lights out indeed, both figuratively and literally. I'm so glad you joined us on this part one of a two-part series on remote workers. Now, I want you to stay tuned for next week's Business Monday episode as we dig into this part two of how beliefs and motivation impact the decision on whether or not to bring remote workers back into the office. But if you're new to the show, the good news is that you don't have to wait a whole week to get more free content on leadership. In fact, every Wednesday, I conduct an inspirational interview of an expert in a different area of leadership. And then each Friday, you and I add an essential tool to our leadership playbook on the Solo Friday episode. So I'm so excited for us to be together again. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this is a call to leadership.